Pat Sheff's line. Oh, come on now. Listen, we're going to get louder than that today. All right. Can we give God a praise? You know what? You got to do better than that. Get up on your feet and give him 10 seconds of praise. He is worthy. 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Come on. I'm so honored to be here. You may be seated. I want to say to um, this house, I was here about 10 years ago. And on Friday night when I got here after flying in and uh, I leave here and go to California and meet my family there. By the way, my beautiful wife just texted me, just prophesying over this service. Karen travels all over America. She's got a brand new book out there, ladies, called Dehydrated. That is restoring the presence of God in homes. And it's sweeping America. There she is right there. She's so hot. Amen. I got a major lust issue with her and, and, uh, 26 years of marriage. I've been her arm candy. And so, um, brother got to do. And, but I said at first service, it don't matter if you're ugly, as long as you're anointed, you get a hot wife. Amen. And some of you young guys need to pray. God can fix it. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this summer we've seen tens of thousands coming to Christ, scars disappearing off cutters. We've seen all these miracles and all these signs and wonders. But then Friday night I got here and I'm standing down here because we're, Karen and I are missionaries to America. We're called to see the awakening in America. And the Lord spoke to us four years ago that he would awaken a remnant. So we changed our ministry name. We changed everything. We launched RaiseTheRemnant.com for people to be trained in the call of God and and But I got here Friday night and I'm standing down here and I thought, dear God, the anointing that is in this house is unbelievable. And I'm, last night I was periscoping about it and people were getting wrecked watching the worship. Let me just say this to you. You guys, this youth team that God has put together, Jason, Carissa, you guys are leading a movement. And it's pretty beautiful. Drew, you guys are leading a movement. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. Matt Leinert and... Uh, Looks a little bit like Matt Leonard, football player. And uh, Pastor Drew didn't say it, or excuse me, Pastor Jason didn't say it just a minute ago. But but uh, he's from Alabama, where the Lord lives, and and uh, he's an Alabama fan, which God is. And uh, and I didn't, I didn't. And we at least y'all have some crimson in your name, anyway. And um, but I'm so honored to be here. And I want to say to, to the leadership of this house, and I want to speak prophetically uh, to Pastor Watt. You guys are leading something here that's so beautiful. You and Carrie are gifts from God. Can we give it up for, for our leadership? No, come on. Come on. I believe in showing honor. When you show honor, it rolls out a red carpet in your own life. I'm telling you, it gives you keys to the kingdom. We honor you. I honor you. I honor you. I want you to grab your Bibles this morning and I want to encourage you to stop by the table. I told our team a minute ago, everything at our table, my book, I am remnant, which has swept the world. Uh, why is God so mad at me? Which deals with all the culture lies. It even has a chapter that deals with identity crisis and sexual identity and called, uh, God doesn't make mistakes. People are getting free reading it. 
Uh, and then the brand new book, Unqualified, is out there. You can check it out. And, and if you uh, say, you know what, we'll make you guys our missionaries, we'll give it to you. Whatever you want to do, just check it out back there. But I want to do something. When I wrote I Am Remnant, the Lord gave me 34 prophetic statements in 45 minutes as I was walking one day. And uh, I used to say when I was jogging, but I, I loiter more than I jog. And, uh, hey, man. <laughs> anyway. And... Um, but the remnant does not walk in fear of man's retribution, but rather in the fear that man will never know the love of a savior. The remnant sleeps in peace only when night is dawn in order to strengthen their journey. The, the remnant doesn't mind seclusion, knowing it is where strength is found as their peace comes from uh, secret glances and encounters with the father. I mean, it's just a whole prophetic th- statement, but that's who God's raising up in the darkest time in history. He raises up a remnant. Those that'll stand. And so we, I gave it to you first service. So we're going to act like we're doing it again first time. And, uh, but, uh, it says that the, the debris is a remnant. I just honor you so much and I won't do it third service cause then it'll get weird. But, but I, we love you guys. I've watched what the Lord has been doing the last couple of nights. There's an awakening here. And revival is when God gets so sick and tired of me being misrepresented that he shows up. And I don't know about you, but I want to live somewhere between amen and there it is. And we're living in the darkest time in history. Trust me, you wouldn't believe the emails I get, the attacks. I get letters in the mail and I know they don't have a return address. I just hold it up the light to make sure there's not a check in it. Amen. I mean, you got to check that. But then I go, okay, we're not going to read that one today. Because I believe in standing for truth. But truth is a new hate speech. I believe in standing for the unborn. I believe in standing for the covenants of God. And the enemy of truth is silence. But God is looking for voices that will rise up and declare his authority across the land. He's not done with America. I was in speaking outside of the White House recently. And, and I saw after one meeting, I saw congressmen on their faces crying out to God. And you have to understand there's a movement that's about to break out. But I've come to speak a very different word to you today because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, by your words, you'll be condemned or by your words, you'll be acquitted. And I'll never forget a few months ago. I was in a hotel room getting ready to speak at a conference. And early in the morning, the Lord woke me up and he said, Pat, have you ever noticed that when I pour my spirit out in the service, when I do miracles, healings and signs and wonders, that it's not when you talk about what you're doing. He said, it's when you talk about me. And I'm laying in a hotel room and he said, get your laptop out. I'm going to give you a message. So I must share a simple word this morning, simply titled, I'm about to brag. In fact, when God gave me this message for one year, I've been praying for the keys to the kingdom, Matthew 16, 19. In fact, last week, walking down the beach, a deserted part of the beach, all of a sudden, Karen and I are walking and we're praying. And I just prayed, Lord, give me the keys to the kingdom. It means power and authority to bind on earth. And uh, whatever's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever's loose on earth is loose in heaven. And the Lord, all of a sudden, as we're walking down the beach, next thing I know, in the surf, there's a, there's a key. And I walked over and I said, Karen, did you see that? Did you see that? And she goes, and she looks and the wave rolls back and there's a key laying there. And the Lord said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I've come to talk to everyone that is ready to take back their family, ready to see signs and wonders, take back your finances that are ready to walk in the supernatural power of God. Give him a praise this morning. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, write a message bragging on me. And he said, and I'll do miracles in the service. 
In fact, I came home and I told my wife, Karen was traveling somewhere that weekend. I said, the Lord gave me this message called brag. And a few weeks later, we got a doctor's report that she had cancer. And I came out of my prayer room upstairs right when she got the phone call from the doctor. And she's standing in the middle of the living room, just bragging on God. I knew at that moment that apparently it wasn't a good call. I could tell. But within two days after bragging on God, the doctor called back and said, so sorry, we messed up. The test results were wrong. You don't have cancer. Get my... You need to understand the power of declaring who he is. He is on trial in America. In the court of public opinion. When absolute truth runs into relevant truth. When cognitive dissonance is kicked in. We've heard something so much. We now believe it is truth. Even though science doesn't back it. And God said declare my name. You have to understand. You are called to be a mobile upper room. When you walk into places. Demons ought to be diving out windows. (laughs) Isn't that funny? But you carry the authority of the king. And Jesus is not coming back with a feather. He's coming back with a sword. And he said, either you're for me or you're against me. So if you'll grab your Bibles, look at Daniel, the third chapter this morning. I'm going to preach a message called I'm about to brag because I have learned that complaining is not intercession. That's called intermission. And when you lose your purpose, you will embrace passivity. You'll just be a part of the crowd. But God says, I'm looking for a generation that will rise up and have talks like you had last Sunday night that will declare the truth of God's word. Now, we're going to get loud this morning. Are you ready for this? Because I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I don't want my lifestyle to change. And I don't want to be out of place. In fact, you mentioned everybody jumping up and down. <laughs> my son used to come in from school. And Nate's a youth pastor out in California. And my daughter, Abigail, my whole family, uh, they're my gifts from God. And I'll see him tonight. And, and um, but Nate would come in from football practice. And, and he'd have a friend with him or something. And, and he'd be, you know, we're all sitting around the kitchen table. And all of a sudden I said, I feel like we need to do rapture practice. And Nate would lean over and go, Dad. I got a friend over. Don't do it. And my daughter, Abigail, Abby came from China uh, when she was nine months old. She's our little gift from heaven. And her first five American words are, my daddy has a gun. And um, for real. And all of a sudden, Abby would say, do it. So Nate's friends would be sitting there and all of a sudden I go, okay, when I blow the trumpet, I need you to jump up in the air because Jesus is coming back and everybody be eating. And about that time I'd stand up and go, ba-bomb. And everybody at the table had to jump up and go, woo, he's here. And they'd sit back down and Nate's friends would look at him. He'd go, don't worry about it. He'd text me from school, dad, I got a friend come over, no rapture practice today. You need to understand in heaven right now, they're not screaming holy, 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 or screaming maybe, maybe, maybe. They're screaming holy, holy, holy. And the Lord told me to brag on them, and I'm reminded of the darkest time in history. There was a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. We think now is intense. Nebuchadnezzar was destroying the land, taking over the world like a plague. Israel was in bondage. And And Nebuchadnezzar would go into the lands, and he was so narcissistic that his throne alone was seven miles wide. And he would capture the lands and he would put the false idols in his temple to Baal, coming to a neighborhood near you. And as he would capture the land, he would capture the men and lead them away with fish hooks in their mouth. Women were forced to serve in his concubine. 
And then he would go through and have a talent contest and pick out the, the best, the, the brightest, the most gifted, the best looking and make them serve in his court. Obviously, Walt and I would have been chosen for that group. But what he didn't realize is in the midst of taking over the land, he captured a remnant that refused to bow. Romans 11 verse 5, so too at the present time, there's a remnant chosen by grace. And all of a sudden when he would go into his temples and serve the choices of meats to it and the idols wouldn't do anything, he got upset. And finally he built an idol to himself and he said, when praise and worship starts, everyone has to bow to my idol. I think we must be very careful in this generation because we're raising a Saul generation that loves worship more than word because it soothes their demons. But John 4 says, worship me in spirit and in truth. We got to get the word. But when he told everyone to bow down, he said, if they don't bow, put them in the fiery furnace. All of a sudden, as he looked across the vast crowd, there was three young men by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that refused to bow. And he brings them up in front of him. And he says, now, if you don't bow, you're going into the fiery furnace. And I love what it says in Daniel, the third chapter, looking at verse 16. They suddenly look at him and they said, oh, king, we want you to understand your majesty that we will not bow to the, your idols. And our God is able to deliver us. But if not, church, you better wake up and get a hold of this. There must come a moment where you have a but if not praise. But if not, I'm still going to praise you. If everything falls apart, I'm still going to praise you. It don't matter. You've done enough. If you do nothing else, you've done all that needs to be done. Give him a shout. And I've got to preach about bragging on him this morning. If you don't care, I'm just going to brag for a minute. I'm going to see if you can get excited. Because you know the Bible says he's coming back with a shout. That means he's Pentecostal. Psalms 34 verse 1 through 3 it says this I will bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth oh come on church I'm waiting on you my soul makes its boast in the Lord the humble and the downtrodden will hear it and rejoice oh magnify that means he's better than your glasses he's bigger than your issue oh magnify the Lord with me let us lift up his name together come on give him a praise In fact, what you got to understand, Psalms 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonderful deeds. What are you talking about? We are discovering the keys of the kingdom. And I have learned that one of the keys is learning to brag on him. In fact, he even said, set up chairs and put my name on it. Remind them that I'm still God. I haven't filed bankruptcy. ISIS doesn't scare me. I am God. I am still ruler over the universe. My kingdom still reigns. He said for me to just set up some chairs. And I'm reminded of a great preacher, Dr. S.M. Lockridge, Shadrach Meshach Lockridge. He died in the year 2000, pastored Calvary Baptist in San Diego. We were just in San Diego where we saw a move of God about six weeks ago. But he preached a sermon just before he died that I want to show you a clip of for a second because it's going to fire you up. And if you've been battling depression, discouragement, fear, whatever you're walking through, you're going to get free this morning. You better get ready. In fact, I double dog dare you. I just went redneck on you. I double dog dare you to spend the next seven days bragging on God and see if it doesn't change your home. Watch this video. 
and you better get fired up. My king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. Oh, come on now. You got to get excited. You got to start. Uh, you got to turn it up. You got to turn it up. They're not getting it. You got to turn it up just a little bit. Philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of theology. He's the only right. one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength. All right. He's a Come on, church. Of attempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he turn, turn up just a little bit. Just a little bit. He and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans All right. the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defeats you know? the evil. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards Come on. the age. He rewards the diligent and he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know. Look it out, look it out. We'll turn it back down after he's a real frame of wisdom. He's a roadway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. Is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. Come on, come on. Come on. Righteous and a yoke is easy. And his word is lighter. I wish I could describe him, but yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. This ain't the same church I was in 10 years ago. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> and when you do that, my Bible says demons shriek. This changed my family. 
See, what you have to understand is we must behold him again. Because what you behold, you become. In fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 18. It says, we and we all with who unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. He told me to come and brag on him. In fact, the three most powerful words in Romans says, for I, I am persuaded. And the Lord sent me here. He said, if you'll brag on me. See, God doesn't care about your ministry. He cares about his name. We've spent too much time in the body of Christ looking in the mirror of compromise instead of looking out the window of the harvest. When's the last time you went to bed hearing the cries of lost? When's the last time you walked out of your prayer closet limping where he changed your name? I'll never forget. I was in Singapore a couple years ago and I was out jogging on the coastline. And all of a sudden I said, Lord, I just want to finish the race first. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Pat, I'm not looking for those that can finish the race first. I'm looking for those that can finish the race with a limp called brokenness because purity is the backbone of authority and authority is determined by brokenness and there's a moment where God's got to crush you like an olive to get the anointing oil out of you so I think I'll brag Psalms 103 verse 1 praise the Lord my soul all my inmost being praise his holy name praise the Lord my soul forget not all of his benefits who forgives your sins heals your diseases who redeems your life gawal that word is gawal in the Hebrew it means purchaser with blood redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles oh the Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed that's the foundation of God's throne Can I tell you, I'm tired of going overseas to see miracles. Where's the miracles? I'm a missionary to America. Where's the miracles? When I hear of a recent house church, one of the five apostolic uncles over the house church in China, one of their sons who's about to take their place is because they're very old, uh, where they're having a million saved every month in China. One of the sons was recently arrested, and I heard this firsthand. One of the sons who's in his 60s about to take over was arrested, and they put him in a prison, and they said they released the word out throughout the prison. When he goes to sleep tonight, when it gets dark, you can kill him. They would walk by him through the day, and they would say, we're going to kill you when you go to sleep tonight. That night as he laid down in the, it's not like our prisons, it's just an open building. He laid down on his mat and he shut his eyes and he said, Father, I'm coming to see you tonight. And as he shut his eyes, he fell fast asleep and his body began to glow like a giant uh, light in a, li- in a lighthouse. And all of a sudden it lit up the prison and every prisoner and guard fell on their knees and began to repent. He was released from prison. But I just wonder, where is it at in America? Maybe God would rather move into a legal house church where death is imminent for the worshiper caught praising than into a government-sanctioned legal house of worship where he's confined to the intellect of a church growth conference, a humanistic message designed to, to inspire uh, the, the, the bride, a worship service. It's about the bride instead of the bridegroom. I'm just wondering, what if God could pour out his spirit? See, you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's burning. We have not seen the harvest because it's not been about 
the Lord of the harvest. It's been about our harvest. And God says, when's the next time you're going to crawl up into my lap? I don't know about you, but I've had to sit in the chair of redemption so many times saying, God, forgive me, change me, wash me. Other times I've had to crawl up into the lap of the comforter, which means to cut off things, by the way, not just to hold you. It means to cut things off and say, and do me with the fire of the Holy Ghost again. There's other times, though, where lately, because I'm dreaming big dreams, where I have to do Romans chapter 8 and sit in the lap of Father and simply say, what's next, Papa? You know what I'm learning? God is using the braggers. You know, when you first go into ministry, I'm telling you, you are God's gift to the church. I'm going to change the world. I don't know how God even had a kingdom without me. Then you're in ministry for a while and it's about what you're doing. You just got to mark your territory. Got to let everybody know, man, God's using me to do this, this, this for the first 20 years. But then when you start hanging out with the fathers, when I hang out with Reinhard Bunke, who's a father in my life, or I hang out with a, a man named John Kilpatrick, or, or when I hang out with a Walt, you realize they've gone from talking about themselves or talking about what they're doing where all they can do is talk about him. It's the graduation. It's the next level because God is using the braggers. Because if we're not careful, most of our church services are designed uh, and built around reminding each other who we are instead of who he is. In fact, let me just say it. If we continually have to remind each of you to take up your cross and follow him, then you've yet to reach your Golgotha because you're still wrestling in the garden of betrayal. And the Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 that we are Christ's ambassador. Verse 17 says, I am a new creation. It means he remade me. Didn't take the old and wash it. That's not what that term literally means. It literally means to start me over. He fixed me. He restored me. What are you talking about, Pat? God spoke to me a while, uh, just a few months ago. And I wrote the new book, Unqualified. And as I began to write it, I wept all the way through it because I wrote about for years and years of feeling, why would God use me? Confronting that failure spirit that keeps people from getting off the pew. And the Lord gave me the verse, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 through 28. And I love it in the Message Bible, but it says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called in this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Not many influential. Not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks, exploits, and abuses? He chose the nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. And I begin to wonder, why is he using the nobodies? The rags in his hand sent to clean up the messes, the remnant. And the Lord showed me as I was writing this message. He took me. He said, go further. And I went down to verse 29. It says, it says, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you're in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Give him a shout. Listen to me. I got to brag on my dad today. Because what you got to understand when there is less, when, when there is less of your issue and more of his glory, then the scenery changes. In fact, when you brag on God, it suddenly replaces a flesh man with a spirit man that's been dying to get out. Several years ago, my son was a high school and a college football player. He found out he, we, in the middle of playing college football, he had a disease in his spine. It cost him his career. Doctor says if he gets hit wrong, he'll be paralyzed. So Nate immediately looked at me and said, Dad, I'll start youth ministry. He began to work at a large church in Texas. God's favors on him. 
But he called me one day and said, Dad, I need to have the surgery. Now, the surgery is an eight-and-a-half-hour surgery where they put six-inch rods down his back and straighten out his spine. And when we went in for the consultation at Baylor, the night before his surgery, the doctor says he could die tomorrow. He'll come out. He could come out paralyzed. You need to know that. And the next morning, they're getting ready to take him back to surgery. And I'm out in the hallway, and I'm overwhelmed with fear. And they come and get me, and they say, the chaplain is here to pray with him. I walk into the, to the, the hospital room there, and everyone's gathered around the bed holding hands. And the chaplain says, we're going to pray for the young man. Then all of a sudden, I stepped right in the middle, and I looked at him, and I said, I got this. Don't let redneck rise up. It'll rise up, I'm going to tell you right now. He looked at me and I said, yeah, head of the family. And all of a sudden I just went, and I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. You just seen that brother's eyes, but I don't care. I'm not here to impress somebody when my son's in trouble. I'm here to talk to God. In that moment, my whole family's raising their hands. We forced his hand up. He's like, no. And all of a sudden, as they wheeled him away, fear overwhelmed me. And I found myself in this lobby area on my knees. And I'm on my knees saying, God, I can't handle this. That's my boy. That's my boy in there. And all of a sudden, God said, am I not enough? And then he said, I've given you prophetic words. He will touch the nations. Now you get up and worship me. Right in the middle. I'm in the middle of the hospital. I start dancing before the Lord. I'm so white. I'm so white. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be black. And, and all the black folks in here, you're going to be white. Deal with some of that. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to be black and Asian because my daughter's Asian. I'm going to be blazing. Amen. I mean. <laughs> and as I begin to dance, just who, guess who came walking by? Chaplain Bob. He looks in where I'm dancing before the Lord. I look at him. He ran. He may have retired again. <laughs> Listen. But you have to understand there's a moment when you got to brag on it. I'm going to brag. I'm going to change the equation. No more of me because I want, I stand in awe of him. So get ready. He is an awesome, majestic, mighty, all powerful, all encompassing, all knowing, all seeing, compassionate, supernatural, all loving, fiercely jealous. I ain't done without excuse, mind altering, heart rendering, soul purchasing, spirit reviving, bondage breaking, peace empowering, covenant creating, soul purchasing. I ain't done. I'm waiting on you to get excited. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. Satan crushing, bride washing, dominion releasing. I am that I am. Oh, to brag or not to brag. I've even learned when you add ing something to something, it makes the verb come alive. He is enabling, empowering, rescuing, restoring, reviving. Oh, I think sometimes you even got to add ed to something. Amen. I, I want to go to a church that's got some ad in it. Everybody's got a crazy Uncle Ed. I do. But you know what the ed is? The ed is the participle. Adjective indicating a condition or quality resulting from the action of a verb. What do you mean? In other words, it's the end result. Put me in a church that by Sunday afternoon they've had some ed. He rescued. He revived. He restored. He empowered. He enabled. He transformed. He delivered me. Why are you preaching like this today? Because I can because I've been through enough religious seasons in my life and seasons of walking around discouraged, defeated, and depressed until I realized how big my dad is. You don't want to walk on my block because he'll show up. You don't want to come up on me because he'll show up. He's a mighty awesome God. Are you getting this? Don't tell me what you believe. Show me. 
Because scars on earth are testimonies in heaven. And there's a moment when you got to rise up and say, I know I went through that. But forgetting what is behind me, I'm pressing towards the one that called me. It don't matter what I've been through. Because what I've been through is a great indication of who I'm called to. Listen to me. The days ahead will require a new level of praise. You ain't going to get by with your social club Sunday morning once a month Christianity. Treating God like some Buddha you can rub his belly when he says, I have been standing at the end of your bed talking to you. I can fix your babies. I can fix your marriage. I can fix your finances. Just let me get involved because you have to understand. He told me to tell you the cross has not shifted. He has not filed bankruptcy. He's not worried about ISIS. In fact, Jesus said in John, the 12th chapter, he said the devil's time is running out. And he said, for those of you walking through something, you are in sale or you are in advertising. You're not in sales when all you got to do. He said, if I be lifted up, if you'll lift me up in your kid's bedroom, if you'll lift me up at your workplace, if you'll lift me up on your campus, if you'll lift me up in your neighborhood. He said, if I just get held up, make me your billboard. If I get lifted up, I'll draw them in. Give him a praise. But the days ahead are going to require a new level of praise. Why? Because culture. What was right is now wrong. You will be attacked. You will be tried in the public. When your absolute truth comes in conflict with the relevant truth. When you stand for the entire counsel of God's word, you will get attacked. When you talk about deliverance. The world will use scripture against you. Cognitive dissonance will fight your mind. All hell is coming against us. And, but even in the church, everybody's running around prophesying doom and gloom. I mean, I'm, some of these guys are, are with my same publisher. We're all friends. But some of them are writing, you know, about this, the, the four blood moons. I get it. I, I love reading all that stuff. Uh, you know, the Shemitah, they're writing one, one recent prophet got on television and, and said, ISIS is the eighth kingdom of revelation. I'm like, bro. Get your eschatology together. ISIS cannot be the eighth kingdom because we haven't seen the seventh kingdom yet. <laughs> it's one of those little weird things. But the days ahead are going to require a new level of praise for you. You cannot just walk around with your Christianity on your sleeve, but not hidden in your heart. God says, I'm looking for voices. I'm looking for ambassadors. I'm looking for mobile upper rooms that will walk in places and demons will dive out windows. What are you talking about, Pat? Oh, listen, I'm, I'm almost done. Recently, I was on the phone with a friend of mine. His name is Sid Roth. And Sid is a very pure man. And I've met a lot of, been on a lot of Christian television, but, and, and that some of it is not always great, but Sid is the real deal. And he called me one day and I just start going off. I was in a hotel room in California. I'm like, this is what's wrong. We got to fight against this. We got to raise it. I mean, I'm just going off. The prophet in me is just going off. And finally he just interrupts me. He's 74 years, 75 years old. He interrupts me and he goes, Pat, Pat, the gospel is still the good news. It's like he walked into my hotel room. The brother just dropped a mic. And I went, yes, sir, you're right. But see, listen to me, church. There comes a moment where you begin to understand that he's God. And the enemy's goal is to get you worried. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about tomorrow. 
Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Yesterday and tomorrow, they'll both try to steal from you. But if you keep him in your today, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. God will help you deal with it. In fact, he even said in 1 Peter 4, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as if this is something odd. If you're not coming up against the devil, it's because you flow with him and sitting Christians hatch hypocrites. And some of you are under attack right now, but God says, hold on. But if you don't mind, can I tell you about the fourth man? I just got to tell you about the fourth man. I feel like Rocky. I don't remember if it was Rocky um, 16 or 17, but he's got the Russian up against the ropes and he pops him and he starts bleeding. And he says, you ain't so bad. That's the way I feel about the devil. And the Bible says that all of a sudden Nebuchadnezzar gets so mad. He looks at him and says, bow. They refused. And the Bible says that all of a sudden he throws him into the fiery furnace. And what you got to realize is that exact moment. Turn it up for me. Oh. At that exact moment that when you're willing to stand for God. That, is hard, that moment that you're willing unyielding. to stand up when others aren't standing up. What do we do with that this? moment when you're willing to say, I'm getting we with you, God. He'll fire. get off the throne and join the praise One. festival. you got Two. to understand. And my Bible says this, friends. Do not ignore my tears. I'm overcome by sorrow. My Bible says that when he looked into the fire, all of a sudden, he looks and he saw the face of one that looked like the Son of God. He says, I don't see three men in there, I see four. And the Bible says he brings them out, elevates them to a higher position and said, if anybody speaks against your God, they're going to go in the fiery furnace. Can I tell you about the fourth man? Stand with me. Let me tell you about the fourth man. Maybe you don't know who he is. In fact, I had my team make this poster for me. Get this poster in your, for your prayer room. I'm, I'm looking for it here. Here, here it is. We made a brag poster for God. Let me just read them real quick and we're done. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Begin to cry out to the Lord, would you? He's about to restore your mind, your spirit, your body, your marriage, your finances. Some of you are going to have miracles this week. In Genesis, he's the seed of woman. Exodus, Passover land. Leviticus, he's my high priest. Numbers, he's a pillar of cloud by day. Fire by night. Deuteronomy, prophet like unto Moses. Joshua, captain of my salvation. Judges, my judge and lawgiver. Ruth, my kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, my trusted prophet. Kings and Chronicles, my reigning king. Ezra, my faithful writer. Nehemiah, the rebuilder of broken down walls. I'm just giving you his resume because maybe you don't know his resume. And Esther, he's the Mordecai, Job, he's the day spring in Psalms, he's a shepherd, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, he's wisdom, Song of Solomon, he's my lover and bridegroom, Isaiah, he's my prince of peace, for Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch, you didn't even know he was all in the Old Testament, did, did you? Jeremiah, my righteous branch, Lamentations, weeping prophet, Ezekiel, wonderful four-faced man, Daniel, the fourth man in the fire, he'll get where you are, he'll meet you, and Hosea, he's married to the backslider. And Joel, he's the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amos, the burden bearer. Obadiah, mighty to save. Jonah, the great missionary. Micah, the messenger of beautiful feet. Romans, chapter 10. Nehemiah, he's the avenger of God's elect. Habakkuk, my boy. I love Habakkuk because it's my heart. I went and visited the grave of Leonard Ravenhill, David Wilkerson, Steve Hill, and Keith Green last Saturday. And I sat there and wept. I said, Lord, raise up the Habakkuks again. He's the... He's the evangelist and revive thy work in the midst of your years. Zephaniah, he's the savior. Haggai, the restorer of God's lost heritage. Zechariah, thy fountain open. And he is Malachi, righteousness rising up with healing in his wings. Do you know the fourth man? 
giving you his resume. In Matthew, he is the Messiah. Mark, the wonder worker. Luke, he is the son of, son of man. John, he's the son of God in the book of Acts. Oh, dear God, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, he's Holy Ghost and fire. Do you know it? Romans, he's my justifier. Corinthians, the gifts of the Spirit. Galatians, redeemer from the curse. Ephesians, oh, he's the Christ of unreachable riches. Philippians, he supplies my needs. Colossians, the Godhead body. First and second Thessalonians, my soon coming king. I'm almost done. First and second Timothy, my mediator. Titus, my pastor. Philemon, my brother. Hebrews, the blood of everlasting covenant. James, the physician. First and second Peter, he's the chief shepherd. First, second, third John, everlasting love. Jude, he is coming with 10,000 of his saints in a revelation. Revelation. Revelation, revelation. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Whatever you need for your prescription for healing, he's right here. In the Hebrew, he is Adonai, Jehovah, the sovereign God, Elion, the Lord most high, everlasting God, Alam. El Shaddai, sufficient one for my needs. Elohim, the eternal creator, Jairo, the provider. Nisi, my banner, Rafika, the healer. Shalom, my peace. Sikanu, the Lord, our righteous. Mikadishkim, the Lord, our sanctifier. Saboeth, the Lord of hosts. Shema, the Lord is present. Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. Hasanu, the Lord, our maker. And Elohinu, the Lord, our God. Give him a shout across this could keep going you know I gotta catch flight we'd be here for days he's awesome he's about to restore your mind your body and your spirit every eye shut across this room there are people in here that God says what else do I gotta do am I enough for you he said, I can fix your heart. I can fix your body. I can fix your mind. I can fix your finances. He says, what else does he have to do? There are people in this room that have walked away from God. Or maybe you've never fully accepted him. You confessed it, but didn't believe it in your heart. He said, I just gave you the resume. And with every eye shut across this place, the Lord says, whoever declares my name shall be saved. He says, if you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. He says, I'm close to the brokenhearted. So with every eye shut, if you say, Pat, I need Jesus Christ to deliver me right now. I'm not going to beg you. Maybe you've never accepted him or you've walked away. I will not beg you. I won't manipulate you. I don't play that. But he is calling on you. This is your moment. This, this Sunday morning was put on your Kairos timeline for your life. And God knew you'd be right here. And with every eye shut across this room, if you say, I need Jesus Christ to deliver me and set me free. Are you ready? Here's your moment. Raise your hand now. If you've walked away or never found him, raise your hand higher, higher, higher. Raise your hand up to the balcony to the floor. There's hands going up all over this place. If you just raised your hand, you know what? God's not done. Raise your hand higher, higher. There's a moment where you go, pick me, Lord. Pick me, Lord. If you have sin in your life, raise your hand right now. There's hands up all over this place. And if you are not ashamed of him, because he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Everyone in the house, lean back towards the pew a little bit with your legs and open up the aisle in front of you. Because the Lord wants to set and deliver people free right now at this exact moment. And if you have your hand raised, I'm not going to ask, rather, I'm not going to beg. You just do this. If you raise your hand just now, come stand right here. Takes a leader to walk down, man. Come on, balcony. Come on. 
You say, why you do it like that? He just told me to. Last thing we're doing right here. The fire of God is going to be on your home today. You're going to feel his presence. Come on, we're going to wait on you. What would happen if the glory interrupted us? I want to trip over his glory every day. I had an uncle at 5 a.m. this morning, a prayer warrior, who entered into glory. He's getting to see what I live for. Excuse me, yesterday morning. All the earth will shout your name. Hearts will cry. Great are you, Lord. Everybody in the house, raise one hand and say, I will. Now raise the other hand and say, surrender. With your hands raised all over this house, here comes the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Spirit, saints. Pray this out loud, everybody in the house. Jesus, a little bit louder. Call on His name correctly, please. Jesus, no music. Jesus, help me. Help me. He's right in front of you. He's breathing on you. I just seen people depression fall off of them just now. The Lord just told me that her chains hit the ground. Everyone in the house say, Jesus, invade our lives. Invade our lives. Forgive me. You are the Christ. You are the Savior. I repent. I give my heart to you. I'm asking you, fix me. Say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Today, I choose to brag on my God. Today, I choose you as Lord. Now, all over this room, from the balcony to the floor, with your hands raised, we're not going to turn on any music just yet, because here it comes. This is what the Lord's saying to me, for, for me to tell you to do. Tell me who he is. Give me one name. One name. Tell me who he is. He's my savior. Tell me who he is. Tell me who he is. Brag, brag, brag. I release you to brag out loud. Come on, dad. Come on, mom. Brag. Brag. Welcome to what heaven's going to be like. Brag. If you need healing in your body, say he's my healer. If you need healing in your finances, say he's my provider. If you need restoration in your home, say he's my comfort. Now all over the house, I'm going to give you 10 seconds right now to brag on the bigness of God. Go, brag on him. Brag on him. Out loud, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Here comes the Holy Ghost. Here he comes. Brag on him. You are my almighty God. Yeah, you're the mighty counselor. Wonderful counselor. He's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He's an all-powerful God. Tell me who he is. Tell me who he is. He's an awesome God. Tell me who he is. He's my father. Tell me who he is. He's the best thing ever. Let's give my God a praise across this house. Pat, I think you need to get a little more excited about Jesus. Don't you love it? Can you, can I?